Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello, and thanks for tuning in as we continue our series dedicated to mindset. We're talking about some of the biggest mental challenges that impact us as entrepreneurs. Last week, we talked about perfection and specifically the paralysis of perfection. So this week, I thought it would be fun to focus on the other side, on reflection, which is something that's really important for entrepreneurs to do, but the reality is that very few people do it on a regular basis. And if you're listening to this episode right now and you're thinking, wow, I have no idea what you're talking about when you say reflection. Well, then you're in the right place because you're going to find out exactly what it means and exactly why it's so important to do it. When we build up this habit of reflection and we really learn how to appreciate our milestones and our accomplishments, well, then we build an immunity to the dip or any other freakish surprises that have been known to happen on our entrepreneurial journey. Think about it. If you build up the muscle of regularly appreciating who you are, independent of your to-do list, it's kind of like Teflon, so that when things go sideways or unexpected things happen, as they always do, this doesn't even impact you because you are so clear on who you are and what you've done. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain why reflection is so important. In our second segment, I'm going to explain the most critical areas that you need to reflect on. And then in our last segment, I'm going to give you four different juicy examples of how you can build up this muscle of reflection. So get out of your head into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Okay, before we dive into reflection, guess what is happening in two weeks from now? Exactly, two weeks today. Do you know what? Well, believe it or not, my summit retreat in St. Lucia is coming, and it's two weeks exactly today that I will be on a plane heading down to this magical island to meet all my powerful participants. And I just want to take a second to really brag here because I have gathered the most extraordinary group of leaders who are coming to meet me in St. Lucia on this leadership retreat. And we're going to start each and every day, first thing in the morning, with meditation, with yoga, on an open-air platform overlooking the ocean and the Pizzon Mountains. And then we're going to do our leadership workshops in the morning. This is where we're going to learn about the art of powerful facilitation, how to call forth leadership in others, how to define what your personal leadership brand is. And this is important because we're going to deep dive into our mindset to really get clear on what our fear is, our self-doubt, any limitations, so that when day five comes, we are fully ready to summit the gross piton. 
the volcanic mountain, one of the two volcanic mountains coming out of the Caribbean on St. Lucia. And you know what I'm really, really looking forward to on this retreat the most? Well, it actually isn't the big climb that we're going to do on day five, even though I know that's going to be really challenging and really rewarding. And it's definitely not the weather or the chance to be in sandals and sundresses, even though it just became winter overnight here in Toronto and it's starting to get really, really cold. You know, the kind of cold where you never even leave the house without a hat and gloves on. It's not that. And it's actually not the private plunge pools or the hammocks that we have at each of our private villa. What I'm really looking forward to at this retreat are the afternoon workshops where everyone is going to lead their own powerful workshop with the group. Because we have been preparing over the last few months for everyone to create a customized workshop based on their passion, based on their gifts, and they are going to present it to the group. And I am so excited to see everyone step up into that front of the room leadership position and really have that chance to impact everybody in a very big way. So that's what I am looking forward to the most. And so I'm going to be doing lots of photos and lots of videos. So if you're not already following me on Instagram, you definitely want to check it out. It's The Corporate Yogi. And so you can keep track of everything that we're going to do, our journey through the workshops, our journey in our classes, and our journey up the mountain. And so this is going to be kicking off on November 28th. So check it, me out on Instagram. If you're not already following, you can find me at The Corporate Yogi and give me a follow and I'll follow you back. And I want to send out some love to everybody who is joining me on this journey and has been working so hard over the last few months to Amy, to Theodora, and to Jen. Also, big shout out to Mike and to Molly and Juana, to Bruna, to Taz, Sheila, and Kathy. I can't wait to see you guys all in St. Lucia. Okay, so let's dive back into our topic today, reflection. So I want to start with an important observation in life. This is a reality that I've learned over the last few years, and the more I think about it, the more real it becomes. The reality is that we only ever want something for as long as it takes to get it. And that's a great tweetable, and it's a kind of rich thought. I'm going to say it again. We only ever want something for as long as it takes to get it. Now, does this land with you? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say this? We often have a longing or a deep desire to have something, and it can be really powerful and really strong, and it can really drive us when we want it so badly. And this can be a longing for anything, really. It might be a longing for a material object, a longing to achieve something in life. It could be a longing to hit a milestone or to master a skill. It doesn't really matter what it is, but our desire is absolutely the strongest before we have it. And then as soon as we have it, bam, the desire dissipates. And we're instantly focused on our longing for something else, for the next big thing. Now, this is human nature. It doesn't matter how evolved or how grounded or how conscious or self-aware you are. This happens to all of us. It's just the way that we're wired and that we're socialized. We're taught to want, want, want. 
want things by our society, by advertisements. But we're very, very rarely ever taught how to appreciate and to reflect on our accomplishments. So let's check in with you. Can you think of an example of how this applies to you? Is there something that in life you wanted so badly and then as soon as you got it, you didn't want it so much anymore? Christmas is a great example. I remember as a kid how much I longed for certain presents or magical gifts from Santa. I remember I would go through the Sears catalog And they had a special wish list that they would publish just for Christmas. And then I would tag things that I really wanted and I would make a list and I would prioritize it. And then as the weeks went by and we got closer and closer to Christmas, I would kind of renegotiate what I wanted. And then when I finalized everything, I would actually go through and cut the items out of the magazine and paste them onto my letter to Santa. And it was a very carefully, meticulous, curated process. I would list all the items I wanted and then explain why this was the perfect gift for me and justify exactly why I deserved these gifts. So, which is a little neurotic, I guess. But did you ever do something like this as a kid? Maybe it was something for Christmas. Maybe it was for a different holiday that you celebrate. Maybe it was for your birthday. Regardless of what it was or what holiday you celebrate, it doesn't really matter. My point is, there were months and months of preparation and wishing and planning and negotiating that went into my Christmas list. And compare that with how much time I took to appreciate the gifts after I received them. It's always nominal, isn't it? The desire to have something always outweighs the appreciation or the joy Our society teaches us this, and so does our socialization through advertising. When was the last time you saw an ad that taught you to appreciate something you already had? Advertising just doesn't work like that, does it? And yet we're inundated with it all day long in so many different channels and mediums. So our brain is wired to keep track of what we haven't done or what we don't have. And what I really want you to do is to build a habit of reflection, to appreciate what you have accomplished, what you have mastered, what you have achieved, and what you are maintaining, and build up a habit of reflecting on this often. In this segment, I want to explain specifically what I mean by reflection so that you can understand what it is that I want you to do. So here's a few different examples of reflection. I'm going to give you three different examples, okay? So you can really understand what I mean. The first is to appreciate something that you accomplished. Now this could be a milestone. It could be a project you completed. It could be a keynote presentation you delivered. It could be a new client contract you signed. In general, Most of us put so much work into acquiring something or pursuing it that when it actually happens, we sigh with relief and then we move on to the next big thing, the next goal, the next milestone. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is a big part of the coaching work that I do. It's something that I really focus my clients on. I want to help them appreciate what they accomplish because that's what helps them see how amazing they are. And it helps them build that muscle for their future. 
So I want you to take some time to stop and smell the roses and appreciate what you just accomplished. So the first example of reflection is to appreciate something that you accomplished. Okay, the second example of reflection or second way to do it is to reflect on how you've grown, how you've grown. So a lot of times we get stuck in either one of two different perspectives around something, right? It's either black or it's white. We either don't know how to do something or we know how to do something really well. But what about all the space in between? What about all those juicy milestones between not knowing and being an expert? I think they deserve a little love too, right? It's important to be conscious about this. And this can be simply just in the language that we use around something, right? Like, wow, I'm on a big learning curve with this new task or every time I do this, I get more and more comfortable with it. So you're recognizing that space in between. It doesn't have to be black or white because one place is just beating us ourselves up for not knowing how to do it. And then the other place, well, we were there so briefly in appreciation that we're always off to the next big thing. So I want you to take time to really acknowledge the gap, the space in between, because frankly, it's that magical space where all of the growth happens with you, right? And by growth, I mean the good stuff, the the magic that you create where you get to see what you're truly capable of, where you get to fall a little bit deeper in love with yourself. So the second example of reflection is to reflect on how you've grown. Now I have one more. The third way is to reflect. Stay with me. This one's a little bit out there. All right, but I'll explain it. This third one is to reflect what you've maintained. Okay. Now the reason I bring this up is because one of the biggest fears that we have around success is that we're going to get overwhelmed and we're going to be tempted to compromise our value or erode all the things that are really important to us, or negate some of the friendships or relationships that we had. So if that's one of the biggest fears of success, then by rights, shouldn't we take the time to appreciate the fact that we've maintained and upheld our values and maintained our relationships and our focus on our purpose? Because we've managed to stay on course and stay focused on what is important to us, what we prioritize. So I think so. What about you? Now, I said personally that I would never work with a client who doesn't appreciate or respect me or share my values. I said I would never compromise my core values in my business, and I haven't, and that makes me proud. So what about you? What is one thing that you have managed to maintain since you started out? Or maybe just one thing that you've managed to maintain all year long. It could be an awesome workout routine. So what is it that you're proud of? Is it the quality of service? Is it your discipline? Is it your routine? What is that behavior that you want to appreciate? One thing for me that I want to appreciate is I always said that I would never sacrifice the quality of my coaching, no matter how big my practice got or how many clients I worked with. And I have truly managed to fulfill that over the years. And this is one of the things that I am the most 
proud of with my business, that I have people who have worked with me many times over the years, some people even six or seven times. And I don't think a lot of service professionals can actually say that or a lot of coaches. And I think it's because I'm committed to always over delivering, to always being available to my clients and they know that. And so I'm really, really proud of that. Okay, so I'm going to recap those three different examples and ways that you can reflect. Number one, to appreciate something that you accomplished. Number two is to reflect on how you've grown. And number three is to reflect on what you've managed to maintain. So reflection is a great tool and if it's something that you're not already doing, then I would love to invite you or challenge you, however you respond, to start doing this in your daily life, in your business, in your personal life. So here are four different options of how you can build your reflection muscle, okay? As you listen to them, I want you to think really, really carefully and I want you to pick out one of the four and I'm going to challenge you to try this on as a habit this week. All right? So four different options. Here's number one. Create a structure for reflection. Now, this is where you schedule a specific time when you're going to look back and reflect on your accomplishments. So you know how I always get on my soapbox about having a finite to-do list every day? Well, this is one of the reasons why I want you guys to do this. If you sit down to work at your desk and let's say you don't have a specific list of things that need to get done and you certainly don't have any priorities, well, then you're going to just chase your tail all day long and be frustrated. Because if you work off an infinite to-do list, you're never going to feel like you ever make any progress. But... Or versus if you have a finite to-do list of things that you can actually get done or need to get done today, you will thrive, I promise you. And what I mean by a finite to-do list is really simply just ironing out or specifying a, a finite number of things that you want to get done in the day. And it's also important to list them out and prioritize them, right? We use that eat the frog approach and do your least favorite things first at the start of the day and get them out of the way, right? So there's no risk that they don't actually happen, that they don't actually get done. Now, the advantage of having a finite to-do list is that at the end of the day, guess what you get to do? You get to go back and tick off all the things that you got done today. And who doesn't? love to tick things off a list. And I know there are lots of different personality types out there and I pretty much feel like I've worked with all of them. But I have never come across a person yet who does not like to cross things off a list. It feels amazing, right? Once they're complete. Discipline is everything. And some people, like my very own Jen Wyatt, even confesses that she loves to put things on her list just so she can cross them off. And I have to confess, I've done this too. So 
When I mean finite to-do list, this is about you getting really conscious. And by conscious, I mean honest with yourself. What did get done today and what didn't get done today? And of the stuff that didn't get done today, well, why didn't it get done? Was it something that you didn't prioritize? Is it something you're procrastinating? Is there fear? What's going on here? We gotta dig around and figure out why. Now the magic of a finite to-do list is that you get to see what you've done throughout the day. Now this example that I use is simply reflecting at the end of the day, but you can also do this at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, or the end of the year. And just a heads up, this is exactly what we're going to do with our goal setting course. We're going to reflect on 2017, the entire year. We're going to look back at what happened because it is, quite frankly, irresponsible to set goals for a new year without taking time to reflect back on what happened in the last year, right? Okay, so that's your tip number one. Create a structure for reflection. It could be the end of the day the end of the week, month, quarter, year, doesn't matter, up to you, same habit, but build it. Number two, build it into your routine. So one of the favorite parts of my day is my morning routine and my practice of gratitude. Now, it took me a long time to build this as a habit, but it is part of my regular routine. I practice gratitude every morning and every night. I keep a journal in my night table and it's the first thing I do. I still do it when I'm sitting in bed. I just kind of sit up, prop myself up with a pillow, turn on my light and I write out everything that I'm grateful for. I also write out some intentions for how I want my day to go. And it's important that I take the time to do this. And I know that it's old school, it's pen to paper, but this is so important. Do not, I repeat, do not do this digitally. It's too easy to get in the habit of checking your email or going on social media. There's no need to do this. Remember, how you spend those first few minutes of your day is important. This is sacred time for you. And you're sending a message about what your priorities are, right? So are your priorities email or are your priorities focusing on things that you're grateful for? Now, the other and also really important part of the day is the evening gratitude. I write in my journal again, and this time, sometimes I'm really tired. I just literally will list out 10 amazing things that happen. Sometimes it's short and sweet, but it doesn't matter. I make sure that I do this. And this is where magic always happens because as I start to write, I very, very frequently remind myself of something happened at the beginning of the day, like way back at 9 a.m. And I think, oh yeah, that was really magical. That was cool how that happened. But all the way by the end of the day, I've forgotten about it. And so it's really important to have this mindset of gratitude right before you go into your deep state of dreaming at night. All right. And the third example that I'm going to give you is real-time reflection. That's what I'm calling this, real-time reflection. Sounds fancy, doesn't it? Now, this approach is when you take real-time reflection in the moment when something exciting, something good, something amazing, some big milestone happens. Now, this can be through keeping a journal. It could be a big book of awesome that you write in. It could be you stopping and writing something down on a piece of paper and putting it in a jar. I've heard lots of really creative examples of what people have done. Now, I like the jar thing because 
Quite often, if you're having a bad day, then you can reach for the jar and just pull out little sheets of paper and reflect on some good things that have happened in the past. So that is number three, real-time reflection. You're stopping in the moment, you're appreciating what happened, and you are documenting that in some way. Now, number four, the last example that I want to share is partner reflection. Now, I have a couple of friends that do this, and I love, love, love this idea, and I wanted to pass it on to you. At the end of your day, you reflect to your partner three things that you are grateful for. Or you could also do this real time with them and be focused on three things that you are grateful about them and really be specific. Now, you can do this right before bed. You could also text each other throughout the day. And a lot of the people that I know that do this, they do it specifically with their partner. But you don't have to. You can really do this with anyone who you appreciate. It doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It could be with a friend. It could be with a relative. It could be with anyone that you have a close relationship with or it could be someone that you want to build a closer relationship with. But this is nice because it has this built-in accountability component, right? Which I am a big fan of. And I think there's something really visceral about saying out loud to someone what it is that you appreciate about them. So there's lots of different ways that you can tweak this one. But number four is partner reflection. So let's recap those four examples. And I want you to pick out one that you want to focus on building the habit and the behavior this week. Okay, so number one, create a structure for reflection. And this was where you jot down at the end of the day what you got done, tick it off your list. The end of the day, week, month, year, quarter, whatever it is. Uh, But that's number one. Number two is to build it into your daily routine. Kind of like I have mine at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, I practice gratitude. Number three, real-time reflection. So as something cool happens, you write it down and you make note of it. And number four is partner reflection. Now, you don't need to do all four of these. In fact, I actually would suggest you don't take on all four. Sometimes we get overwhelmed, you know, that uh, New Year's resolution overwhelmment that happens when we try to take on too many new things. But if you can just pick one of those four, focus on building that as a behavior. And then when you're ready, if you want, you can start to layer on other ones. And I would love to hear all about this. I'm going to do a shout out in the Facebook group today and ask you guys which one of these four you're excited to try out. Create a structure for reflection. Build it into your daily routine. Real-time reflection or partner reflection. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode on reflection. And I really, 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 really hope that you understand how important it is to reflect on how incredible and amazing you really, really are. You're doing new things all the time. You're growing and you're learning and you're facing fears. And all the while, you're staying true to who you are. You're maintaining your core values and your purpose in life. 
Do you know how extraordinary that is? Do you know how rare that is? You are a bloody unicorn of magnificence. Did you know that? Now, I know with certainty that you are not going to stop being awesome anytime soon. And so before you take one more further step into the future awesomeness that you're going to create, I want you to start to appreciate who you are and how awesome you are. So build up this muscle of appreciating who you are and what you do and how you maintain your high standards because we all know that like attracts like. And when you are in a state of appreciation, which is, by the way, when you are the most beautiful to me, then in that state, you are going to draw to you even more awesomeness, which is a very, very good thing. So start to appreciate who you are and what you do and how you maintain your integrity every day. Every decision, every action, every interaction, every relationship. Because reflection and appreciation is the secret sauce to truly, madly, deeply love yourself. And in turn, love everyone and everything around you. Thanks for hanging out with The Corporate Yogi. Remember, being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times. Don't do it alone. Become part of Julie's Facebook group called Conscious Business. And if you're really serious about growing your biz, visit thecorporateyogi.com and book a free strategy session with Julie today.